Welcome to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this spirit-filled message that it blesses your week and brings you joy and perspective. To connect with us, hop on social media and for more information, head to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. Good morning, church. How are you? Hallelujah. Good. You're healthy, wealthy. Hallelujah. Are you wise? Are you healthy, wealthy, and wise? Good. When we were worshipping, I saw a, a picture of a goose, a big fat goose. And then this goose laid a golden egg. And I thought that is a really weird picture to have, you know, especially when you've got guest ministry. But I felt like God say, hey, I've provided for you, but you're the ones that's going to lay the golden egg. I'll say that again, because you were like, whoa, what a weird metaphor. We're the ones that God is asking to lay the golden egg. So he will provide, but we have to lay it. And we've been talking about uh, years of expansion. And you're going to keep hearing about that because years of expansion mean we keep talking about it for years. Because God has got us on a journey of from A to B. And we, we know that vision is about a preferred future. And that where we want to go, we have to make uh, changes today to get where we need to go. And this morning we've got an amazing speaker. I met, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, Pastor Brad Bonham from... From where? Sorry, Horizon. Yes, Horizon Church. It's a public. I've got Revelation, Eleva, Evolution. I'm like, what? Evolution Church. I'm sure it's not that. Um, yeah, from Horizon Church in a conference last year. And we heard his testimony about the way they journeyed uh, in the area of faith uh, to a healthy financial um, situation. And both Fred and I felt like that is a guy we'd like to um, get and preach to us. But actually, he decided against that because circumstances, and he actually sent one better. Seriously, he sent the best. And I'm so excited this morning because he sent Pastor Christy Mills to us so that she could preach to us about finance and generosity because we're in our second week of our, of our expansion series. I had a scripture this morning, which I need to take my glasses off to read. Expansion in health on my eyelids and eyes. Proverbs 15 verse 22 says, Refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. See, we love all the God so loved the world and, and the power and the victory scriptures and all of that. But actually, God says to us this morning, Hey, I'm sending you someone with great advice, excellent counsel. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? And so I'm so excited this morning to uh, welcome Pastor Christy Mills to say, if you stand to her feet, let's give her a warm KCC welcome. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, church. 
thank you, Fred, for letting me use this. Because I'm short, the table doesn't work for me. Thank you, guys. It is a great joy to be with you. I hope it wasn't too bogan not coming up the stairs and like just jump up. I love the worship leaders with the bare feet. I'm like, I seriously was tempted to take my shoes off. I'm like, I feel, can I just say, I feel a great level of freedom in your church. I just feel like there is freedom in the atmosphere in this church. There's faith in the atmosphere in this church. And um, yes, I do come from Horizon. Church. I don't know if he sent the best. He definitely sent the one with more hair than him. He's bald if you've seen my senior pastor and um, it, it's a great privilege. He is quite busy. He would have loved to actually be here and he, um, he met uh, Fred, Pastor Fred and Pastor Rob um, at David Hall's conference and spoke very highly of the both of them. And I just honestly have been blown away by your church, can I say? And I, I really, without any sense of exaggeration, have just been so blessed by the warmth and the large heart of this church. I've said to um, Pastor Rob and Pastor Heather, I, at the Leaders' Day, was just blown away by the calibre of leaders that you have in this church. And I'm like, my gosh, it's this hidden gem in Burpengary. Now, I am a local. I've got to say, I do feel like a local. My dad lives at Bribey Island. My brother has come to this church. Some people may know Jared Rigg. He's my brother. He'll be here tonight, actually. And yep. <laughs> And um, I just, I have been so blessed by this church being in this area because it's got personal significance to me. And so I do feel like a local. The areas are familiar to me here. Um, I am a mum of two, a wife of one, which is a good combination to have. Um, and I think I've got a couple of little photos to show up there, graphics person. Oh, that's Ollie and... Oh, go back, go back. They're so cute. Okay. No. <laughs> that was actually a little... It's maybe just under a year ago. They're a little bit bigger now and a little bit faster and wearing me out a little bit more. Um, but they're absolutely amazing kids. Um, the eldest of the two is like a little boss man. And he, he just is so specific about everything. And he's got an answer for everything. So I say to him when he gets arcing up about stuff, you know, um, I go, just chill your beans, mate. And he goes, no, mum, it's not chill your beans, it's eat your beans. And I'm like, well, calm your farm then, Ollie, calm the farm. And he goes, no, it's come in the farm, not calm the farm. So he's got literally an answer for everything. And he's really into Frozen. Any parents gone through that phase before? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Help me, Jesus. Like, let it go. Um, and I, I'm watching him. <laughs> I'm watching him in the mirror. What's that? He's <laughs> it's, it's in the mirror the other week, putting jelly in his hair. He calls it gel, jelly, not gel. And he's putting, and he's looking in the mirror and he's going, what's the issue, dear? Why are you holding back from such a man? Like straight from frozen. And I'm like, you're three, mate. You are three years old. Um, Harry just thinks Ollie's a joke. Harry's a big joker. He's super energetic and super fast. And he gets so enthusiastic about life that he'll kiss you on the cheek and then slap your face because he's just so full of life. So that's my boys. And my hot husband will come up any minute. That's him. The black and white relief to show his manly beard. Uh, <laughs> um, my husband's a HR manager. Don't hold that against him or me. No, he's actually, I'm the pastor he's the pastor. Like he is like the workplace pastor in his workplace. He's so amazing and he's so kind. And I often present him workplace challenges because I'm the executive pastor. So I get all the the, the, the staffy kind of bits and Brad gets the, the leadership vision of the church. And I often present the challenges at times. Not that there's many, we've got a beautiful staff. 
And my husband's like, look, have you seen it from this angle? And I'm like, can't you just side with me just once, you know? <laughs> um, but he's, he's on our board and he is just, um, yeah, a beautiful, beautiful man. I actually really hope to visit your church. We come up here for holidays to see my parents and stuff. And I hope to bring Andrew just to see the goal that is KCC. I was on the phone to him after your leaders session and just going, Andrew, um, like I just can't believe we never got here um, when we've been up for holidays. It is a genuinely beautiful church. So thank you for holding, uh, for having me and hosting me. You've been beautiful hosts. And I just want to honour pastors Rob and Heather. Like you really do have amazing pastors. They are, they really are beautiful. They are all heart um, and they are builders. And, um, you know, it's, it's tempting at times and I, I, I'm certainly not proposing that you think like this, but we look at, um, you know, the Instagram superstars of Christendom at times and go, oh, they're amazing. But really, I'm old enough and ugly enough now, 41 years old, to realise it's the builders that do significant things in the kingdom of God. And they are builders. And I just honour you, Pastor Rob and Pastor Heather, who's at work. Uh, will come off a night shift and I, I know she'll be here this evening but they're amazing I do have just two words of encouragement actually if I could give them um, I just wanted to say Jono right um, with the blue shirt yeah yeah um, and your wife's name is Maddie Maddie you guys are amazing you are builders as a couple I just see builder over you like you are pillars in church life you're going to be um, sig- you know significant pillars in church life you are already but increasingly so God's increasing your stature but for you Jono I just really sense a spirit of integrity in your life um, and I see that you're I see promotion coming to you and I see that uh, though you're young and I do know your age because I asked you yesterday but I see significant promotion and I think you'll find through your 20s and 30s, you may find yourself in places that others don't get to at that age, simply because of the favour of God on your life and the integrity. You, um, you know, it talks about David in the Bible. He led them um, with integrity of heart and skill of hands. And I see that in you, Jono. Um, and Jesse Rose. <laughs> um, I feel like you are being hothoused, girl. Now, by that I mean, and then I hope there's no other double meaning of that. As I'm saying that, I'm like, God, (laughs) I hope that's okay. Um, (laughs) You are very, very gifted. You've got multiple gifts. I see a preaching gift in your life. I see, obviously, worship and writing and the prophetic in your life. You've actually got a very strong entrepreneurial streak to you. You do have leadership in spades. You know how to get people on board for a cause and so forth. And I I see what God is doing for you is he's got you in a hot house and in a hot house it's like growth and it might be in a contained area but what it produces is lush uh, strong um, vibrant plants and I see that you're being hot house God is like really strengthening he's putting he's putting structure into your world and pillars into your world um, at times you feel like what the heck like they're you know containing my wildness um, and that it's just like no God God himself is bringing stakes and structures so that you grow up to your full potential in God in all your areas of giftedness. You are an extremely gifted woman. Um, Like, you know, talk about the five talent servant. You've got five talents, you know. Um, And so you really, like, it's a stewardship process and God's got you in a hot house. And don't be frustrated with that. It's going to produce the full level of fruit that's meant to. 
Okay, now I'm watching my time. Um, I know this is the year of expansion for you, or years of expansion. We declared year of expansion. I said, Rob just had to go and up us and go years of expansion. <laughs> so then we sort of turned back and said, well, we're going to have a decade of harvest. That's our declaration. <laughs> so, and that's okay. And I know that you are a church that loves the Holy Spirit and that you cherish and honor his presence. And I can sense that in your meeting as we're, we're worshiping and just uh, you want to make space for him. And I love that and through that I just really see that you know you want God to use you to reach a lost and dying world and I want to read a scripture to you that I think is very pertinent to where your church is at moving into these years of expansion and it's out of Matthew 16 15 to 18 and it's in the message version or the message paraphrase rather of the Bible and it says and now I'm going to tell you who you are really are. There are some that have believed in this church. Yeah, we're just this. We're just that church at Burpengary. We're just in Queensland or we're just that church that had this go on. We're this person or whatever. But, you know, Jesus is like, Peter, everyone else thinks that you're the foot in the mouth guy or the guy that always jumps out and does things without thinking. But Jesus says, don't worry about that, Peter. Don't worry what other people think or what you've even thought about yourself. I'm going to tell you who you are are who you really are uh, beneath all of that stuff. Um, This is the rock of revelation on which I'll put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And I do believe that these years of expansion are about the advancement of God's kingdom. And you will find in yourself that there is personal expansion. And I'm going to pray a little later in the service for those that really sense God calling calling them to a place of enlargement and expansion and that that will come. But as that happens, the church is going to expand. As as that happens, influence will expand in your community. People's lives will be touched. You know, the the workplaces, the schools, the hospitals, the places that KCC people are in are going to be touched with the kingdom of God as God does that. Um, And you know, God, it's so in line, you know, God really described his church, the church of his heart was one that was innovative and um, inventive and influential. And I see that in this church. Paul similarly goes on to say, people with the life of God in them live expansive, wide open lives. They open their homes, they give of their, their substance, they're expansive living people, generous hearted. And I see that in um, like your kids facility and the refurb. I just, I look at this and go, this is an expansive spirit in this church. There is an expansive uh, thinking, you know, just talking with Fred and Anna on the way over here. I'm like, these are expansive people with big vision, with passion to see the fullness of all God has for this church in this area. Talking to pastors Rob and Heather before dinner last night, just hearing of their vision to own property, that to, to go, you know what, we started with a refurb. We started with a kids facility because we believe in the next generation. And can I just say, I do believe there's going to be a baby boom in this church. Um, and I'm like, it's just, it's, it's obvious. It's obvious. <laughs> it's actually, it's not prophetic. It's obvious, okay? <laughs> it's just going to happen because you've got a large number of young adults and that is healthy. And that is going to touch the area. Do you know what? 
The greatest discipleship project you'll ever do is raising children, raising godly children, families transform, godly families transform communities. And so I just feel like refurbing that kids facility and your parent rooms, that is an act of aggressive faith um, in the next generation and seeing this community transformed. Um, But then to go that step further... And to have that vision, not only to refurb a property, but Jesus, we know we're going to grow. We know that we are going to go further and larger. And there's more people that need to be fed the bread of life. Thank you. (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) Um, That's perfect. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to be careful not to kick that now. (laughs) Um, I just know that you are on board with that vision. And today is, a part of that is about, today... I really want to speak to that and that dream and that vision that um, God would bring to fruition the ownership of a property. And I've really got faith for that for you. I want to read this morning from John chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. Okay, so let's go. Some time after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Isn't that amazing? When people start to see God move, they follow. When people see what God is doing through the people of KCC, they will begin to get a clue that God is real and is on the move in this nation. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples, the Jewish Passover was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. Tricky, tricky, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Isn't that amazing? Jesus always has something in mind. You may be in this auditorium today and feeling, I have no idea what God Does God even know what I'm going through? Does God know about that child that is away from the Lord? Does God know about my financial situation? Does God know how I'm feeling about that situation at work? And Jesus always has something in mind. That is is a word for someone today. God has something in mind for your situation. And you need not worry. You, like Philip, may have no idea how to actually solve the issue, but God has something in mind for you. Um, Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of the disciples, Andrew, Simon, uh, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. So we can assume from that it's probably more like 10 or 15,000 people because only counting the men. Isn't that just like Jesus? Sit down in green pastures. I'm about to do something. Let's sit down and see the deliverance of God. Isn't that amazing? You know, he says, sit down. You know, he leads us beside still waters and into green pastures. And he says, would you just sit down, relax. I'm on the move and I'm about to do something. And maybe you today are wondering, like, what, what do I, what can I do about this insurmountable situation? I've done all that I can. And God is saying, when you've done all that you can, just stand and wait to see him deliver you. Wait to see him work in your life. And when they had enough to eat, sorry, let's go back a bit, 11. Jesus then took the loaves. Most important part of the story, and I was about to miss it. How bad is that? Punchline, I missed the punchline. Jesus then took the loaves gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated 
Isn't that, nothing's wasted in the Bible, people. Every word, they were seated and they received. Those that were seated got food. Those that weren't, maybe by implication, weren't. Those that were seated, um, as much as they wanted, he did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. Can I just say nothing? God wastes nothing in your life. You may feel like that whole season of darkness in your life um, was a waste or that relationship was a waste or that situation or what I gave was a waste. Nothing is wasted in God. Nothing at all. He uses every single thread in our lives. He's the great economist. He will use every part of your life for his his glory if you allow him. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. We live in a society that is really seduced by big things. You know, big house. Oh, you've got the McMansion. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Big holiday. Oh, yeah, we just did like the world's trip, you know. Um, big car, really humongous car, really great, you know, really good car. Um, really big skyscraper. Our building's the biggest in the world. We are obsessed as a nation, I believe, with what is big. And it's almost like the bigger something is, the more value we place on it. Now, don't get me wrong. I am actually quite a big thinker, and I, I do hope, I believe I am a visionary. <laughs> um, but I, um, and I do believe the task is huge. Our, our vision statement this year as a church is out of John 4.35 that talks about the fields ripen to harvest. And Jesus goes on to say, you know what? The harvest is plentiful. There is no lack of harvest. People that need to know him. And the workers are so few. And the, the, you know, honestly, it is going to take faith and ginormous vision to reach the world for Jesus. I, I totally believe that. But we can be fooled. As people, totally hoodwinked, totally suckered into the culture of the world, and we can be fooled into thinking that what is required is always the large. We can be totally suckered and go down this rabbit warren of our culture that what is required for a big problem is always the large. And can I just say, what comes out of that narrative is we write ourselves out of God's story. We disqualify ourselves from being used by God simply because we don't match up to that vision of what we think is big and necessary to actually reach the world. Yet, time and time again, Jesus brings us back to the very foundation of expansion, the very um, base layer of this concept of expansion. And that is that if we give it, he will take it, bless it, break it, and multiply it. He will take it, break it, bless it, break it, and multiply it. And this morning, as you venture into this journey of expansion, for it is a journey, and I know that because I've had two babies in my stomach, and I've been through expansion, and it is a, it is a journey. You know, it goes from peeing on a stick to nine months of successive growing. Oh, sorry, I'm so bogan. I'm so sorry. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, tell you what, I'm not coming back after that one. <laughs> But it's true. 
It's true. It is not an instant thing. And thank God it isn't. You need all of those nine months, man, to get used to the idea um, that um, it's expansion. I want to bring us back to a supernatural principle in God. I want to mine a supernatural principle about this process of expansion that you're about to go on. Now, it's funny to me that I'm the one speaking on this because Sydney, I believe, is a city gone crazy. We are all about the big. We are about um, big property prices, long days at work. There is a driving spirit almost over that city. Um, But I've found in that, that God has taken me back to the Gospels and says, you know what? Jesus runs counter to that spirit, for it is a spirit. Um, And that he says, you know what? He, He says, don't despise the little. He doesn't despise the big either, by the way, because his kingdom program was nothing short of worldwide transformation okay lest you like but hang on Um, but he says don't despise the little don't despise the small things for they are material for miracles the small is the material for a miracle that I want to do for example Jesus used 12 people um, just from the local villages and we know that they weren't the sharpest tools in the shed a lot of them some of them were um, others not and he turns it says the known world upside down In a culture where children were despised and used and just seen as goods and shadow for parents, Jesus says, let the little children come to me. What you see as small, I value as the greatest in the kingdom of God. You know, he says, um, this this always amazes me. And it's a big story in our home at the moment because I've got little kids. But he leaves the 99. He leaves the big to go after the small. You would have thought, hang on, but there's a there's enough of a crowd here. Don't worry about the one. It's okay. It's one sheep. And he's like, are you joking? 99 can stay and look after each other. I'm going after the one. He doesn't despise the small. He pulls tax out of one fish's mouth and he goes through Samaria, the really um, weird and culturally challenging way and geographically doesn't make sense on one level. He goes that way to save one woman. One woman in a very, very awkward situation. And this story that we've just read about loaves and fishes is God shouting from the rooftops, if we have ears to hear, that if you give it in faith, it will become part of the miracle. As you enter expansion, if you will give it in faith, whatever it is for you, whatever the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on, because, you know, it says of Jesus, he, um, you know, you did not require a sacrifice, but a body you prepared for me, and he gave that. What is it for you that is the material for miracles that will be part of the expansion miracle of this church? If you give it in faith, it will become a miracle. So I have a couple of thoughts this morning. The first one is, God makes much of little. Number one, God makes much of little. Um, When I fell pregnant with Oliver and discovered that I was pregnant with him and I booked in with the obstetrician, I will never forget that first day where we saw him on the screen in all of his 16 millimeter glory. (laughs) Little tiny eight week old, little tiny boy that we didn't know was a boy at the time. I'd had prophecies and and, an unction in my spirit. You know, God had given me, your sons will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. And he said, you know, um, forget your father's house. Um, Instead of them will be your sons and they will be kings in the land. And I'm like, I've got this sense of having boys. But I saw this little 16 millimeter boy bundle of anointed humanity, of um, 
like these, these rapidly dividing cells with the image of God already on them and the DNA that contained everything he would ever, ever, ever need for the full length of his life. Nothing else added, just multiplying and, and growing beautifully. And I've got to say, it was instant love instant love. It was infinite potential. It brought tears to my eyes looking at this tiny bundle on a fuzzy blue screen because I knew that contained in that little tiny to everybody else insignificant little bundle was my baby who was going to grow up to be a great person of God. I didn't know his gender at the time. I knew he had um, promise over his life and destiny. You know, similarly, Jesus says, will you see like me in this story? Will you see what some might see as small and insignificant, five loaves, two fishes? Would you see the small and the insignificant available as material for miracle destiny? You know, um, I, I do love the two characters that get picked on in this story. Jesus really is insensitive at times, I've got to say. You know, I'm just going to test you, Philip. You know, uh, It's really interesting. First he asked Philip, and Philip was apparently a local in the area. And so it's like a question that he was asking Philip, will you lean on local knowledge to solve this situation? Will you lean on your understanding of how things work in this area or will you actually lean and let your bias be toward a miracle in this situation because that's what's needed? So Philip, in all his um, probably very thoughtful guy, he goes on to do great things, you know, he sees an Ethiop saved after a, a revival in Samaria, like he goes on to do incredible things but in this moment it wasn't his greatest and he says, look, you know, you know, I don't think you understand how expensive Baba Ganoush is around this area. I don't think you understand that flatbread for 5,000 people, just to have a little bit of tapas, is going to cost half a year's wages. Look, I know you think you're the leader and the visionary. I know you're like the apostolic mantle and stuff. But look, Jesus, let me tell you, I get this better than you do. It is going to cost us a lot. Do you know the property prices in Burpengary? Do you understand how much this is going to cost? Do you understand the market at the moment, Pastor Rob? Do you actually get, like, how this is going to work? Do you understand our congregation and the demographic? And do you really, do you get this? Do you actually understand what you're doing? And Jesus is like, <laughs> he just could not, you know, Philip just could not see the material for a miracle in front of him. It moves on to Andrew, and um, he goes a little. He goes a little bit better than Philip. He, you know, insofar in as where he's at, he steps forward and he says, "Jesus, there is five loaves and two fish, but I don't think it's going to go very far. <laughs> I just look, you know." I know, look, we do have this. I know Philip's just said, you know, blah, 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 blah. The shops are closed. It's going to, yeah, yeah, gosh, this time of year, there's a premium price. There is, look, just to let you know, there is five loaves and two fish. I guess we could give it a go. But look, my gut feeling is it's not going to go very far. Hmm. He has a go. 11, verse 11, it says, Jesus took the loaves gave thanks. So look, he sees what Andrew's seen, five loaves. Okay, Andrew, let me show you what we can do with this. 
took the loads, took the loads, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Not just a little bite, not just let's do rations, guys. Now don't be greedy, all right? Don't I know you're a really big guy, but let's be egalitarian about this. She is going to get 2.5 ounces of bread, and every single adult here needs 250 grams of protein. Everyone, let's just be sensible here. No, as much as they needed, as much as they needed. And with Philip. And Andrew and every other person that day, they missed that a little in the hand of Jesus is a weapon of mass good, is a weapon for mass good in an area and it will feed an impossible crowd. Can I just say, there are people in your community and your city and there are people that God is going to bring to you from places. There may even be other locations that this church touches. And Jesus is saying, don't send them home empty. Don't send them back home empty and wanting. Don't send that person home unhealed. Don't send that person home with their social issues. Don't send that person home unsaved. Don't send that person home. No. Give me the loaves and the fishes and I will take it, bless it, break it and multiply it and you will feed them. You'll feed them. And do you know where the loaves and fishes come from? You. Do you know what? There is already loaves and fishes sitting in your house and you don't even know it. I just believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to some people about some loaves and fishes that already exist in your life to be given, blessed, broken and multiplied to feed a world in need. And he's going to make much of everything that is given. I really feel that for this church. Second one. Not only does Jesus make much of little, so he's got eyes to see that a little, oh my goodness, thank you for the material, for a miracle. Um, Secondly, God can do a lot with a little. God can do a lot with a little. Now, you may have already picked up on this, um, so but you've been polite and not said it to me, but my husband and I are geeks. I've got to say, we are, and now we could kind of both of us hide it in our 20s. You know, you can veil it under cool clothes and all that sort of thing. The older you get, the less opportunity you have to conceal your geekiness. On our honeymoon, <laughs> um, we, we, we did Iceland. It was my husband's dream to go back to Iceland and see the Northern Lights. We didn't get to see them there. You can't make these things happen, unfortunately. I wish we could. Um, but we went to Iceland and on the way we stopped in Europe and I think we probably did Every library, every art gallery, you get the picture where geeks, every bookshop. (laughs) And we went to the battlefields, like we went to the Western Front, right? Amazing. It was actually amazing. Um, But I got to fulfill a little dream of mine. And that was, you may have read of a lady called Corrie Ten Boom. And she was phenomenal. Um, For those that don't know about her, it sounds like a lot do in the room. She uh, was instrumental in saving the lives of over 800 Jews in the war. Um, But um, in doing that, all the people they're connected with, because if you arrest someone and put them under interrogation, they may reveal others. And so literally, I would say she, she may have saved countless thousand lives. But let me put this in perspective. She was middle aged. She was single. She was poor. So they're a very poor watchmaking family, but very basic. And she started to hide Jews in her home and the outfit just grew and grew and grew. And she ended up giving this little one metre by two metre space in a wall of her bedroom over to hide Jews in the case of raids. Now, um, 
I said to Andrew, we were in Amsterdam, could we just go to Corrie Ten Boom's house? I just need to see it with my own eyes. And I'm sitting in her lounge room in Harlem in the Netherlands and bawling my eyes out. The anointing was so strong and the sense of God in the place was so strong. Because she, you know, if we, it, it, it's, it is so clear that if we love God's people, that he will bless us. There'll be favor upon our lives. And, and I crawled into that little tiny one meter by two meter space. And I thought how much God did with this little, tiny, closet-sized space that to the naked eye looked so insignificant. It had no running water. There was no toilet. There was no nothing in it. It was a space. She gave God a space, a shoebox-sized space, and through it, he saved over 800 people that came through the house at various times and all those connected with them. It says in verse 12, when they had had enough to eat, it went from five loaves, two fishes and all fed because it was given and Jesus used it as material for miracles. The simple act of giving activated a miracle of volume. Jesus not only makes much of it in terms of the significance, but the volume, because he multiplies it, is incredible. It's a supernatural principle. In our church, um, you know, it's touted that we do have significant members in our congregation and so forth. But I think back to um, when the church started, there was various buildings that were built on the current block. We've always been on the current block that we are now, but just more bigger church, bigger building, more modern, that sort of thing. The first little church that we had made out of red brick and mortar, really tiny, was largely funded by a single woman called Theopha, who ended up married and going to PNG as a missionary. But she was a professional woman and she would just give of her salary to buy every week more bricks and mortar for the church, never understanding that one day that that church would house significant leaders in our nation, never realizing that that simple act of faith would activate a miracle that would see multi-site, that would see many saved internationally, that would see an apostolic reach that is increasing I just think back to Theo Farr and go, God, you did so much with so little. I, I really feel convinced in my heart that what KCC is called to achieve, and if I could have the keyboardist up now, that would be fantastic. What you are called to achieve as a church will not happen unless every part supplies. Can I just say the biggest miracle in our church, you know, we, and I share with our leaders a bit of our financial journey as a church. We don't have an oversupply of big givers. What we have is everyone giving. Not equal giving, equal sacrifice. Not everyone giving, but everyone taking their loaves and their fish and going, God, would you take it, bless it, break it and multiply it? You know, finally... I know you guys believe in a God of power. You are a church that has a spirit accent on it strongly. I, I sense that strongly in this church. And I just know what I'm about to say will resonate deeply with the DNA of this church. But finally, God reveals His power through little. You know, the beautiful thing about God using little is we don't get much of the credit, do we? Like, I, I look at these miracles and, and go, God, you gave Moses a stick, a wooden stick. There is no way Moses of his own power 
could have turned water into blood or a stick into a snake or made something leprous without the power of God on something very, very simple and ordinary. God got all the glory. A widow's two mites. If you look it up on the internet, I sound like such an oldie, the internet. (laughs) They are these tiny, tiny little coins. And it was her giving that got God's attention, not not because she tipped God and have a few mites, big guy upstairs. No, because it was her all. That was her proverbial five loaves, two fishes. Have it all, God. You can have it all. And he gets the glory because I wonder if those mites were used for something mighty in the hands of the Almighty God. I wonder. I just wonder what that went to. Mary gave a womb. The woman gave a jar for oil to be filled. She gave a room for the prophet to sleep in. And five loaves and two fishes fed a crowd of 5,000. It just makes me wonder, in 2019, Kingdom City, what will you give God to be your material for miracles? What, what in 2019, in this first year of years of expansion in this great church, and I, I don't say that to exaggerate, I do believe that what is in this church is unique. What God has built in this body of believers is absolutely unique in our nation. And I've seen churches and I'm in a great one, but what you have is so beautiful and so unique and so powerful. I just wonder today, What would the Holy Spirit say to you? What are your material for miracles? What are the proverbial loaves and fishes that are sitting in your world right now that God is saying, would you you let me take it, break it, bless it, break it and multiply it for a lost and dying world? Is it a home? And I know that um, you, you run small groups. Is it opening a home for a small group? Is it volunteering for an ever growing ministry life in the church? Is it you know that God has spoken to you about a financial gift? Maybe I, I believe there are some young people and God is saying, this is your year to start tithing, start tithes and offerings. I believe there is business people and God is saying, even early in your career, would you give sacrificially as a sweet smelling offering to the Lord and let Him take it, bless it, break it and multiply it that it may not be just natural supply for you you may be naturally gifted but God wants to add his supernatural to your natural and go you know what let me take you from being just an ordinary everyday successful career person to one with favor and anointing on you and to be the supply of something great in the kingdom there's two groups of people I want to speak to this morning as we as we wrap up our service today and I, I come to a close. And I, I just want to say tonight, I actually want to do ministry and pray for a lot of people tonight. I, I do hope you come back. I really do believe that God has something for this church. But I do want to ask the question, I do this in every single service where I come from because souls are the reason why we, we do this. There, there is this part of the Bible in Mark 14, 22 that says, as they were eating, God took some bread blessed it, then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take it, this is my body. You know, those little loaves and fishes were such a a picture of the miraculous provision of Jesus Christ to save a human soul. And there may just be today, and I know in our church, every single service, people come that don't yet know Jesus. They come to check it out. They come to explore the claims of Jesus Christ and 
maybe you're here today and you came with a friend and there's a need in your life. Maybe your heart is stirring. You're like, I just, I'm not there yet, but I just feel like today I want to make a decision. I don't know. I, I, I don't know all about Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't know all about this Christian life. This church thing is foreign, but something about this is tugging on my heart. I can sense what I'd call the presence of God here. Something's different in this atmosphere. And I, I, just, I just know that God is stirring my heart. The Holy Spirit, we call Him the Holy Spirit. He's stirring my heart to come to Him today. What we're going to do is we, every single person is going to bow their head in this building because it's a public moment, public situation, but it's a private moment. So why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer, giving our life back to God. And maybe you've done this before and I know you're going to pray this with faith, but maybe you've never done this. If you mean this from your heart and you, you say it with your mouth, with everybody else, God's going to hear it. And he's going to take it seriously. And you today can become his child. Lord Jesus, why don't we say it together? Lord Jesus, thank you that you came. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you allowed your body to be broken so my life could be made whole. Today I say yes. Come into my life. Wash me clean. From today on, I'll never be the same. You'll walk with me with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you felt far from God, maybe you knew Him once, or maybe you've never ever said yes to Jesus and today was the first time you've prayed this prayer, I'm just going to ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed, just to pop your hand up for me. You're like, yes, I'm coming back to Him today. I just need to make my life right with Him. I need to reconnect with Jesus Christ. Or maybe for the first time, would you just quickly shoot your hand up? Just me and one or two trust people in this church will see. Is there anyone here today? Because I would like to pray a prayer of blessing over you. And I just would love to know who I'm praying for today. Is there anyone today? And you know you need to come back to Jesus Christ and reconnect with Him. Is there anyone here? Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. I just honour your bravery to do that. Is there anyone else that wants to join that young guy? Is there anyone here today? You're like, yeah, I need to say yes to Him. Or I just feel very distant. I need to come back to him. All right, then I'm going to do what I said I would do and pray a prayer of blessing over that one that responded. Jesus, I thank you that you love him, that you have a great destiny for him, God. And I just declare your good purposes over his life, God. I just thank you, God, that you're going to break every chain that's held him back, God. And you're going to bring great freedom to his heart, God. I thank you, God, that it's a new day today, God. It is the turning of a page. I declare blessing over him. Let your life abound in his life. In Jesus' name. Amen. With every, um, just before we close the service, I just want to do one more thing. If you personally feel that, yeah, with these years of expansion, I just know that God is stirring my heart about personal expansion. You know, I maybe... He has spoken to you about five loaves and two fishes sitting in your house at the moment. Or maybe it's just like, God, I want to expand and see as you see. Help me, God. I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe it's just, God, I just want to, this year, I don't want to leave 2019 the way I came in. I want to be a bigger person, bigger thinking, bigger heart, 
bigger kingdom capacity. If that's you, why don't you stand to your feet because I want to pray for you today. Why don't you stand to your feet because I'm going to declare blessing and favour over you today. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you are in the business, God, of expanding. Look, God, and right before you in this church, God, there is great potential, God. There is, look, God, calls. There is, look, God, great destiny on every single individual life, God. And Lord, I declare that with these years of expansion, God, not just would it be an expanded church, God, but it would be expansive work in these individuals, God. Lord, I declare, God, that in this church, there would be blessing over businesses in Jesus' name, over professional people, God, that there would be, look, God, really an uncommon favour, God, over the people of KCC, God. Lord, that there would be an uncommon amount of promotion, God, in this place. God, an uncommon amount of blessed marriages in this place, God. An uncommon amount, look, God, of people, God, that succeed in their area of giftedness at school in Jesus' name. God, an uncommon amount of children serving You and loving You, God. Lord, I declare growth, Lord God, and expansion over every individual in this church, God. Lord, as Pastor Rob and Pastor Heather lead them, God, that they would not only go in the vision of the church, but personally, they would be expanded on the inside. And Lord, we do it because we believe, God, that Your name needs to be lifted in this nation, God, because you say, if I am lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. And so God, we do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Fred.